Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Hi friends, you're tuning into episode 79 of the Take the Reins podcast. Thanks for stopping in for a listen today. I hope this episode finds you well, and personally, I'm feeling incredibly energized and refreshed, which leads me to a quick chat about something before I dive into today's planned content for the episode. Today, I took an inventory of how I was feeling, and honestly, I surprised myself. I'm in a very demanding time right now on my time and my energy, and when I look at the big picture, I should be ready to call it quits and complain that I have too much on my plate, which some, including myself, may still argue is the case. But rather than feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling, dare I say, inspired? The only thing I can chalk this up to is that I am filling my time up with the right things. I'm filling up my time with projects and to-dos that make me feel alive and purposeful. It's interesting because I always felt like I was doing what I enjoyed in the past, but when life got really busy, the busy drained the life from me. According to my past history, I should be a puddle on the floor right now, or at least in the tub crying with a glass of wine, but I'm not. I'm feeling grounded and motivated. I feel empowered. The reason I wanted to share this is because I don't believe there's a trick to this other than taking inspired action and listening, like truly deeply listening to your heart when it says, I wish. No more I wishes, my friend. Now you say, I will. Time to get super excited about your goals and then ridiculously flexible about how you get there. If I can feel this sense of joy and empowerment during this time where I typically would be feeling crushed under the pressure of life, I believe that anyone can achieve this. And I encourage you to look for those places where you say, oh, I wish I could do that. And now look at them and then start taking small actions, inspired actions towards them. You might just surprise yourself with how much you start to enjoy life. And not just life on the weekends, life during the work week of all things. All right, back to our regular programming. I had other plans for this episode, but over the last week, I've had two listeners reach out with topics that they would like me to touch on. So I changed my plan, and here we are. So today, 
I'm going to address their topics, but first, I want to share a quote that truly helps me hold myself accountable for my thoughts that I think in any situation, but especially about my horse. And I feel like when I read this and then I go about my conversation with you regarding these two questions, it all just comes around. It'll all connect. The quote is, whatever we plant in our minds and nourish with repetition and emotion will one day become a reality by Earl Nightingale. This quote holds me more accountable for my personal mind management maybe than anything else I've ever read. Okay, let's get into our first listener's question. The question was, how do you figure out if a horse is too much for you or if you're letting fear hold you back? First of all, I think this is a really great question to ask and the fact that it's being asked tells me that the listener is ready for the answer. They're starting to open up their mind to the possibilities of, is this the right horse? Am I doing the right thing? Opening their awareness to their influence over the relationship and also what's right or wrong for them at this time. And I hope very much that whatever the answer is, and we're gonna go, I'm gonna go through Uh, a couple different ways that you can start to assess whether you feel like you're being held back by fear or whether you need to look at if this horse is correct or, or right for you in one way or another. But I sincerely hope that at the end of your assessment, the end of you looking and questioning all of yourself and your horse and the situation, that you do so with non-judgment of yourself. You do so from a place of self-care and valuing yourself, your safety, your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being above all other things, above your fear of judgment of others and yourself, uh, above the fear of failure, above the thought that you were supposed to do better, you were supposed to owe this horse something, all of those other things, I hope that at the end of this conversation, that if you're listening and that you did not submit this question, but you think that this might help you, I hope that you can go through this and look at the at your answers to the question with an open heart and an open mind in a way that it allows you to move forward towards what is best for you and your horse. Okay, so let's break the question down into two parts. The first part being the concept of the horse being too much or the wrong horse for a particular person. And then the second being the concept of fear. And is it just fear that is holding you back versus a suitable partnership? I think it's really important that we get honest about whether a horse can be a wrong fit for someone or not. I think it's naive of us to feel like all horses are a good match for anyone and that, you know, we should never sell a horse or we should never rehome a horse because they have been taken on as a responsibility and whether they're a good match or not you know, it's just not something that should be done. I think that those black and white statements need to just be questioned a little here because 
when we look at any form of relationship, there are so many aspects that influence that relationship. And if we, it will, we'll break it down so that it's not too complex here, but looking at just matching personalities, instead of looking at it as a human and horse relationship, let's just look at it as a human to human relationship for a second. And it actually removes all those, those blurred lines where you say, I would never match myself with every single type of person that I may have a romantic interest with. And as you get to know people, you start to realize that, oh, that personality doesn't really work with my personality or their energy doesn't work with my energy. And you can start to see how that makes sense with humans. And when we now flip back to horses, it's very similar. Horses have personalities, the same or horsenalities, the same as we do in the sense of what they like, what they are like, how they are energetically, how they like to communicate. And if that doesn't match with you as a person, then the relationship can be more challenging than it would be if you were with a horse that suited your your personality a little better. For instance, some people like a horse with that grit, with a little bit extra grit that has a little bit more try, but that extra grit and try for someone who is intimidated easily or is maybe even a little less experienced may have a harder time containing that grit and understanding how to put it into a productive place. And so... I think it's important for us to realistically look at the larger picture here and say, you know, what am I looking for in a horse? What is my ability, my current, honest, today ability? And does it match what the horse is offering to me based on their personality and their level of training. Now there's some other elements here that I'm going to touch on after we speak about fear a little bit that are going to bring this full circle. Just switching quickly over to fear for a second, when I think of someone who is being controlled by fear within their relationship with their horse, you can tell if you're being controlled by fear if you have a difficult time staying regulated while you're working with that horse. So they trigger you in ways that you become very reactive, you become uh, very nervous or angry quickly or confused easily by this horse. If they make you question everything that you're doing in a way that knocks your confidence on a larger scale, not in a way that challenges you to say, oh gosh, okay, I need to go ask this question of someone or I need to work harder here. But in a way that actually makes you feel like you aren't good enough, that you need to quit, that you're ruining them, all of these sort of things, that is typically where you start to see that fear is taking a hold versus the horse being good or bad. Um, I don't like those terms, but good or bad for the particular person. And it's important to note here that just because a horse isn't good for me doesn't mean, or a good fit, I think that's a better way of putting it, a good fit, um, doesn't mean that I am, I lack confidence 
while I'm working with them or doesn't mean that you would lack confidence while you're working with them. You might be fully confident while you're doing it, but things aren't meshing. So the horse is anxious or your goals, you're having a hard time meeting your goals with that horse. Communication is just a challenge between the two of you. And you can have a challenge in your communication and still be pretty confident in yourself as a rider and a person. And so that's kind of when you know that it's not fear. It's that that horse might not be compatible for, again, your experience level, uh, your energy, your personality, those sort of things. Now, again, when we're looking at fear, that fear is a physiological response. So you will know whether it is fear that's controlling it or the horse is too much horse. If when you go to that burn, again, you have a difficult time regulating yourself Uh, This is where the personal growth piece comes in as well. So this is that self-awareness that is so important that you can start to recognize how fear feels in your body and when it takes hold. And as you become more self-aware, you might start to notice that fear starts influencing you in relation to working with this horse when you get up in the morning, you might, one of your first thoughts might be, uh, oh, I need to go to the barn, but I have this to do. So you might start noticing yourself finding excuses or reasons. They may feel valid and feel less like excuses, valid reasons why you can't go to the barn and work with that horse that day. And you start to avoid doing the work that you know is so important. We all know as horse owners and and equestrians that consistency is our best friend but when fear is holding us back consistency feels scary because we aren't sure what's on the other side of it and we don't know if we have the answers and you know we're we know that what you know the thing that we want so badly The animal that we love so much is actually triggering a response in us that makes us feel shameful or embarrassed of how we're reacting or responding. And I think that is a key element here is is monitoring your response to the horse. And are you acting in a fearful way or... Are you just not meshing on a level of personality and experience with this horse? And those are two very different things and worth looking into if you're kind of in this place where you're unsure. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. And before we go into the next listener's question, I want to give you three questions that can offer you some scope in this situation. So the first question is, what story are you telling What story are you telling about yourself as an equestrian with this horse? What story are you telling about the horse in question? And what story are you telling about your relationship with this horse and why you feel the way that you do, why you're questioning the relationship with this particular horse? Okay, that's, believe it or not, that was one question. The second is, What mindset am I bringing to the relationship? 
Are you bringing a positive mindset that is looking for solutions to problems rather than just looking for the problems themselves? And lastly, do you have the proper support system in place for you to be able to get the most out of the relationship with your horse or advance the relationship with your horse? All three of these things are very important. It does not matter if it you're looking at a horse that is not necessarily the best fit for you or if you're looking at your fear controlling your relationship with this horse and the potential that you have with this horse. Everyone needs support. And I, I feel like this is something I probably preach on often, but we all need a support system. And if you look around and you're having a hard time finding the right support system, I want to ensure you that it is out there. And the great thing about the internet is that it opens our world up to people far beyond our back door. And so if you are having a hard time at home, you feel alone, and you feel like you don't have the right support system, I say look beyond your back door. Go and find an instructor that can do video lessons with you if you feel like they are like-minded. Go on Facebook groups and find like-minded people to be able to ask questions to, to be able to develop relationships with and create your own support system. If you do not feel supported in times of confusion or frustration, it may lead you to give up on something that you deeply love and that can truly bring joy into your life, but you just need support to be able to get to the other side. So look for the people that can help you. Ask questions. You are not a burden. There are phenomenal horsemen and women, both locally and across the world, that are not only willing, but would love to help you. Okay, lastly, just to finish off this question, if you do sense that you're being controlled by fear, and that the partnership is not necessarily a wrong partnership, but that you need to work through some personal things on your own in order to get the best out of the partnership, then I would say that it may be time for you to look into developing yourself as a person outside of the arena so that you can work through those areas that are holding you back because the things that are holding you back with your horse, I guarantee that they're holding you back in other areas of your life as well. And when you can work on them outside of the arena, you'll be amazed at what transforms in the arena and that you actually will start to see the changes happen likely with your horse first before you see them happen um, at work or with other relationships, with your friends, with your decision making, because our horses are such phenomenal feedback partners. There are so many ways that you can begin to support yourself and address your fears that are holding you back. Of course, like in everything, there are different levels of support in this that you can go to. So some people just want to start 
by journaling and doing things on their own where they're just beginning to put their thoughts on paper and bringing their awareness to how they're feeling, not necessarily digging into why they're feeling what they're feeling, but just writing out their feelings, writing out situations, writing out their questions, just putting thought to paper. Then the next step might be you start to read more. You start to listen to podcasts such as this one. You start to just open up your mind to other information, to new information that you believe might help you. The next level could be uh, group coaching programs. So similar to the Aware Horsewoman program that I teach with Beth, where you're immersing yourself in knowledge that will help you understand yourself more but in a supportive environment that also allows you to engage with others and create connections with others and enjoy relationships with like-minded horse people. The next level would be one-on-one private coaching, whether that's with a equestrian coach or a personal growth coach, whatever, whatever really feels right. And people are drawn to different coaches for different reasons, but the one-on-one coaching really zeroes in on personal problems or setbacks or limiting beliefs and allows you to really immerse yourself in knowing where you are and where you want to go and then having somebody hold you accountable on the journey to get there. And then another approach would be to go to something like therapy where you're digging deeper into what has created the fears, why you have the fears that you have, and then have a professional help you really break through those and work through those from a deep level of understanding. There is no right or wrong level of support here. It's truly what feels best for you in where you are and knowing that what feels best for you right now might not be what you think is best for you later, might not be what is best for someone who you're speaking with who's going through something similar. So, you know, maybe you're not comfortable going to therapy and sitting down with somebody one-on-one and digging deeper into things, but in five years time, maybe that's exactly what you know you need and you're ready for. Maybe you're not ready to go to a group pro or a group coaching program because you don't want to feel like you're putting yourself out there or you're shy or you have anxiety. So maybe you need to start with podcasts or just simply journaling your, your feelings out. It's all individual. It's all right there is no wrong. I, tr- I I am so passionate about this because there's so much information about this is how it should be. This is what you need to do in order for you to become better. You have to do this or you shouldn't do that. And I I just disagree. I believe our path is all individual. What we need is individual. And I honestly believe that we know what we need at this time and we will say yes to the things that we're ready for. We'll feel drawn to the things that we're ready for when we're ready for them. Okay, 
that's enough of that. Let's, I hope that helps you. Um, I hope that answers the question. And if you have any other questions for those of you who are for the individual who asked this particular question, if you have another question or if you want me to elaborate on anything, just touch base with me. You know how to get a hold of me. So the second question that was asked, it's a good one. I'm not going to dive as deep into it. It's a really good question. And I think it's a great question for us to end this episode on because it touches so much on our mindset and our self-awareness. So the question is, how do you maintain your sanity while your horse is injured? I love this question because it brings us back to so many things that I've already discussed in this podcast and serves as a great reminder. So the first piece of advice that I have here to maintaining your sanity while your horse is injured and you don't have a timeline of when or even if you do have a timeline, but it's longer than you want, and it's hard to maintain that patience. First of all, you have to connect to your why. Why do you have horses? Why are you an equestrian? If you can connect very strongly to your why, then it makes those days that, you know, you're out there and you're rehabbing and you're cold hosing and you're hand walking, it makes those days make sense. And it allows you to be able to say, okay, I'm going out there. This is why. And it puts our focus on the horse rather than the goals. Now, as I say this, Jim last week actually reminded me of the importance of this. I asked a question and I can't even remember what the question was, but he very quickly said to me, well, it's important right now for you to put the horse ahead of the goal. And I think that helps us a lot in this sort of situation where we have a horse that we have to be patient with because they're injured. And I think if we can keep reminding ourselves that we need to put the horse above the goals, above our riding goals, above our horsemanship goals, above, you know, our want to do, our want to go and accomplish. I think that if we can just remind ourselves that I'm so blessed to have this horse and they're relying on me for their care and we're putting, it's important to put this horse first and just to start to bring your awareness to when you begin to flip your goals ahead of the horse. Now, this isn't in a, I'm not bringing this up in a shameful way. Again, I literally got myself caught in this very way of thinking last week when I was riding and said, it must have been a question about like advancing or or looking for um, the next level in something. And that quick reminder from Jim to just say, make sure that you're not putting your goal ahead of your horse just brought me back to reality enough to say, right, that's why we do this. We do this because of the love of the animal. And then next, I would say that it's an opportunity. If you can look at the situation as an opportunity and that at no point is this situation actually stopping you from anything, that it's only giving you an opportunity 
to reassess or learn in a different way. So I want you to become so determined to grow that it doesn't matter that you can't ride your horse because there is so much information available to you at your fingertips online that we don't need a horse (laughs) in order to get better with our horsemanship. We don't need a horse to become a better horse owner. We will be able to put work in at home and see the benefits of our work when we go and we're with our horse, when they are physically able to be with us again. So I think it's really important that when we feel like the universe has put something in our path, instead of us stopping our feet and being like, well, darn it, this stops me from doing all the things I wanted to do. Again, get super hyper-focused on your goal and then really flexible on how you plan to get there. And so there are so many programs, so many learning opportunities out there that I can guarantee you that you can can still take small steps towards what you want with your horsemanship or even with that particular horse without actually having to ride them um, and allowing them the time to heal. I hope that makes sense because in my head right now, it makes a lot of sense, but I hope that makes sense to you. And then lastly, this can be a tough one, but to look for the lesson. So look for the lesson in the situation. Maybe the lesson is that in order to improve your horsemanship, in order to uh, reach your goals, you actually need to slow down. And you need to look at different areas of growth other than just the riding part. So I think that about covers it. And I hope that helps you. I hope that that kind of just brings you back or gives you a little perspective or scope in this situation to be able to have patience and maintain your sanity while your horse is at home and injured and and just connects you back to why you're doing this in the first place. Why do you go to the barn every day? Why do you own that horse? Why do you spend the money and do the work and, you know, all of the different things? Why do you sacrifice what you sacrifice for owning horses? It's not all about the ride. It is about the horse. And I think so often we need reminding of that. And an injury does a great job of reminding us of that. Okay, guys, I hope this episode helps you in some sort of way that there was a nugget of information in here that made even the slightest positive impact on you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind. Mm